A pleasant good morning to everyone and welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here exclusively on the Black College Sports Network on a beautiful Saturday, crisp, cool morning in Baton Rouge. And um, usually I give you the guest menu, but I'm going to go straight to guest number one, Charles Bishop of the pregame show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Charles, good morning to you. It's great to see you in that beautiful background in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yes, indeed, Carlos. You know, I always enjoy coming down here for this uh, environment. Uh, these two teams, Jackson State and Southern, I'm so looking forward to 6 o'clock. Well, I'm anxious as well. Maybe not as confident as in years past. Uh, what, eight-game winning streak for Southern eight University? Games. Yeah, I think it's in serious jeopardy tonight, but here to uh, give us an overview of the Jackson State football team is, of course, Charles Bishop. Charles, Jackson State, not the team that Southern last saw in the spring season, but a very confident, very talented team for this fall season. Very much. And I'll add one more very focused team tonight. Uh, we've been uh, in team meetings this morning. And uh, to say that these guys are dialed in, uh, might be an understatement. We are extremely dialed in, very focused on the task at hand. Uh, no distractions. They're locked in, focused, ready to go, and, and prepare for whatever eventualities come up tonight in uh, AWF. Jackson State takes care of business. They win the Eastern Division, and also they end the, the streak. If we look at the matchup, I think you have to just look at the first big factor. That Southern University's offensive line versus Jackson State uh, defensive line and just simply their front seven. Yeah, I, I think uh, as cliches go, uh, Styles makes fights. And, and when you talk about Southern, they are the number one rushing uh, offense in the swag. And Jackson State's defense is the number two defense in the nation. Uh, number one in the nation as far as uh, sacks. Uh, but this is a defense that uh, really has awakened. Uh, the, the ghost of yesterday. They really get out the quarterback. Uh, they really are top-notch defense. A lot of speed, a lot of physicality. We talked about Jay Houston on one end. Uh, we talked about uh, guys, uh, These guys are really uh, stand out in, and then the guys in the middle, Antoine Owens and Cornish Miller. Uh, they are going to have their fans for tonight with this tough, gritty, grimy uh, Southern offensive line. These guys are experienced. Uh, they know that they're physical. And I look, too, at this matchup and offensively for Southern University. Um, they have not been consistent. They've been consistently inconsistent. But if you look at maybe first down, and that's what I'm going to look at. Southern has to have some success because if they're going to be in third and long, statistics have stated that they are successful. Now we're hearing, I don't know if this breaking news, but I'm hearing uh, Ladarius Skelton will get the start against Jackson State. We'll see at game time, but I'm sure, uh, Charles, Jackson State defensively have prepared for both quarterbacks. Yeah, they're, they're definitely prepared for both quarterbacks. I understand the reason. Uh, Jackson State uh, had some issues last week uh, with uh, Texas Southern's uh, sort of RPO uh, offense, and uh, they, they sort of made the adjustment at halftime and shut down the run. Uh, going toward the second half, but it makes perfect sense that, that Skelton will get the, the, the early look uh, tonight, and it's going to be incumbent on Jackson State's uh, defensive line uh, to really uh, tighten screws, if you will, on first and second down and force them into a passing situation, because at that point, I believe it, it kind of plays into Jackson State's favor. Yeah, Charles, if we look at defensively, and, and boy, 
Again, Southern has been consistently inconsistent. Injuries, I understand that's part of the game. All the programs in the conference have gone through that. But uh, Jalen Ivey, Jordan Lewis came back last week against uh, FAMU. They've, they're going to have to get pressure because Jackson State, it seems like they're now clicking on all cylinders offensively. And I know at one point during the season, they wanted to improve the running game. Where are they now as far as the running game to complement Shadur Sanders and, and explosive passing attack? Well, that's one of the focuses tonight is to make sure that you get that running game up and going. And the, it has been a talk of physical and staying there. That's the part of me jumping in. I always want to get the rest All right, of my time. Love Carlos Brown, man. He does an exceptional job representing the Jag Nation. Good to have him as a partner in this brand. Black College Sports Network, Carlos Brown Show. Hey, man, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, but you know what? That's all right. Neil is, <laughs> is a favorite. My two favorite Jackson State alums. <laughs> yes, indeed. Appreciate it. But, uh, I mean, when you talk about uh, offensive line, uh, that has been one of the notes that I had uh, written down. Uh, be physical. Be physical. Be physical. And they can't uh, stress that enough that it's going to be gritty and grimy uh, in, in terms of uh, Jackson State's offensive line going against uh, Southern's defensive line. But they have got to figure out a way to get that running game up and going because it opens up so many things for this Jackson State offense. Yes, they can throw the ball downfield, but it makes you more Sanders uh, doubly uh, tough to deal with because you get play action going. You can get those guys going vertical. Going back to the rushing, Charles, uh, Southern first in the conference, 203 yards a game. Jackson State number one against the run, only giving up 102 yards. And then offensively, as I stated, JSU now second in scoring, 30 points a game. They've elevated that. And uh, a balanced team to me is, is the most difficult to challenge when they can do both. We know about Jackson State's uh, passing attack, but I, I'm thinking Jackson State's going to try to to establish the run and be balanced on, on offense. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the oldest tonight in terms of uh, taking a look at these running backs, picking Talk about them being them being Jack State being focused. The streak, though, the winning streak Southern has. I'm going to bet that that has not been talked about as much as winning and wrapping up the Eastern Division and then on to the SWAG Championship game. A am I correct on that assessment? That's a great, great assessment because uh, there is so much roster turnover 
uh, with regards to the team, they've had more or less been taught, you know, that this is a rivalry. Next week is a family reunion. This week is a rivalry. This is a team that does not like you. You need to get some of that within. So uh, I think, you know, in that regards, uh, of so many of these guys have been in big game atmospheres. Um, talk about, you know, starting off here against Bambi, that was a big game atmosphere. Uh, Tennessee State, big game atmosphere. So there's sort of oblivious to it. And that's why I say they're really locked in and really focused in terms of what they have to get done tonight because they know there's so much on the line tonight in terms of trying to clinch the uh, Swag East division. And not only a battle, as we say, on the field, if we go in the stands in the halftime and then the fifth quarter, uh, the two best bands is in, in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. No, not on the Southwestern Athletic Conference, in college. There you football. go. <laughs> and, and, and plus the atmosphere, from what I'm hearing, it's a, it's a, it's a hard sellout. So the atmosphere is there. Temperature is going to be cool. The excitement will be there. From the Southern perspective, which team – will show up, Charles. If you look at Southerns, they were built for a championship. They've had some internal issues. Now the roles are reversed. Southern is in the smaller role. Isn't that kind of weird to, to, to even say that? But Yeah. I, I mean, you can take a look at Southern, and they are traditionally uh, a championship team. This team was built uh, to play in some championships. What makes Southern, I think, scary is the fact that they are able to run the ball so well and they can impose it well, especially when you have a tough, experienced offensive line. Those are the things that I, I think the coach touched on, touched on, touched on, touched on again. Uh, so we know, for the most part, it, it is going to be a knockdown drag out tonight. That's the state wins, Charles. Give me three key points that you believe needs to happen for the GSU victory? Well, we talked a little bit about it um, uh, beforehand, but Jackson gets that running game up and going. Uh, it opens up so much playbook. I think the second thing is uh, look out for special teams. Play. I think that's one of the things uh, that has not been touched on with regards to Jackson State, but they have some dynamic uh, kickoff returns and prompt returns, and there is a tremendous emphasis on the special teams aspect. Of course, uh, you know, that could be a push with regards to the Southern because uh, they do have a dynamic field goal people. But I think that's going to be one of those big things. And I think we touched on it. First and second down is going to be key to Jackson State in terms of uh, keeping Southern into consistent down and distance because uh, in passing situations, we've seen Jackson State, uh, they really just fly out the quarterback. And that's going to be really uh, be huge if they can uh, get Southern into some third one. Yeah. And what well, we're hearing again, uh, we'll see. Skelton, I'm hearing, is, is going to start the ball game because uh, they need that athleticism at quarterback because of JSU's defense and uh, the pressure that they bring. And, and when they get pressure with that with that front four, that's just a tremendous feat, and they have been consistent all year. Charles, I know you got to run to get ready for uh, your program, but uh, as always – uh, appreciate it uh, coming on here on the Coles Brown show and continue success with the pregame show and continue to do the outstanding job that you and Neil have been doing with the show. Thank you so much, Carlos. And I want to uh, especially thank you for uh, allowing me to come on the show. Uh, you gave me an opportunity uh, when I first started doing uh, radio broadcast and you, Dr. Prince, and of course, uh, Dr. Bill, and I'm always going to make time to be very appreciative to come on the Carlos Brown show. Thank you. 
appreciate that. I guess that means I'm the elder statement. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, hey, I'm glad you guys, all of you guys, are proud of you. Like I said, continue of the great work um, in, in your broadcast and, and your show. And um, we'll talk again real soon. I know you're pulling for a JSU victory. I'm pulling for a Southern University victory. Somebody's going to win. <laughs> Somebody's going to lose. Yeah, I, I've been on the losing side for a long time. I need a street broken tonight, Collins. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Take care, Bishop. Sure thing. Thank you. All right. That was Charles Bishop of the pregame show, along with uh, Neil. And those guys are uh, up right here on the Black College Sports. A timeout. And when I come back, well, let me do this quickly. The guest menu, Charles Bishop was the first guest. Coming up next, I'm scheduled to talk with Coach Robert Valdez, former Southern University football offensive lineman and head football coach at St. James High School. He'll join me. And then following uh, Coach Valdez, Alvin Hollins, formerly a FAMU historian in the MIAC Hall of Fame. They call him quite simply Statman. But we're going to have a little history uh, about the uh, Southern and FAMU uh, uh, just history. And of course, I haven't forgotten last week's loss by Southern University to FAMU. Then following uh, Alvin will be Charles Edmond of the uh, Alcorn State Radio Network. And then last but not least, we'll finish off the show with Coach Van Petaway. And um, we lost a basketball icon last week. Coach Lafayette Stribling will visit with Coach Petaway. He'll tell us the history that he had and uh, with Coach Lafayette Stribling, who uh, uh, journeyed from this life. So that's the guest menu for November 13. Going to take a quick time out. When I come back, schedule a visit with Coach Robert Valdez. You're watching the Colos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to MyJBN.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. 
make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. We are back. For the first time in 62 years, the Florida Memorial Lions will hit the gridiron. And their home games will be streamed by the Black College Sports Network at www.fmuathletics.com, www.mybcsn.net, and on the MyBCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Guest number two, you see him, Coach Robert Valdez, former Southern University offensive lineman, now head football coach at St. James High School in the state of Louisiana. Coach Valdez, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, sir. How are you, bro? Well, I'm doing all right. Um, high school playoff time? Um, oh, yeah. Talk, talk about St. James High quickly. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, we had we we had a big one last night. We beat Northwestern thirty-four uh, to twenty, um, and we come out of very 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 good district. I think all the teams in our district pretty much still playing, um, but uh, this is the time that hopefully you're peaking. And uh, we played a good game last night, and we got a big one in Baton Rouge next week with Madison Prep. Shout out to uh, former Jack Landry Williams. So it's, it's, it'll be special. It'll be special next week. So no 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 trash talking from two former. Southern Knights now the head coaches are is just is just a little bit. Oh, it's gonna be some. You know, I think the offensive linemen are smartest in the group, and we're the best looking. So you know, he's a, he's a receiver. So you know, we're gonna we're gonna jab just a little bit, but uh, it's special. I think we have a, a great group of guys that's, that are coaching in the state, and um, you know, whenever we get a chance to do something like this, it's special. Yeah, wow, in Baton Rouge, I think I have to check that one out. Coach had been to a high school game in a while. I think that will be an excellent one to uh, attend. Don't you agree? It will. It will. They got some dudes, and uh, we got some dudes, and uh, it'll be fun. Like I said, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. Playoffs, that time of the year. Win or go home. Speaking of that, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Southern and uh, FAMU last week. Um, Southern Falls on the short end against a very – talented FAMU football team. What were your overall thoughts, Coach? Because uh, you, you coached in high school, but former Southern offensive lineman. Uh, are you coaching in the stands <laughs> watching your alma mater play? 
No, I I, I tried. Uh, <clears throat> I try to be a fan. I was I, I go with my wife, my daughter, and I I try not to be coaching in the stands. I, I keep my comments to myself. Um, it just it just seems that you know, like we just can't put together a complete game from top to bottom. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think we'll we'll come out on fire, and then you know, throughout we'll have some lapses, and I'm lapses become big, you know, and they're, they're, they're in critical situations. I think that, you know, that FAMU is a team that's built to be explosive. They, they're not a ground and chuck type of team. They, they, they want chunk plays and things, you know, you're able to play them and all that. Then offensively, I think that I just, we, we still don't have a, a real identity. I don't know if we are a running team or we're going to be a play action bootleg uh, team off the run or, you know, a, or are we going to just try to stretch the field vertically? I think that, and it's just <clears throat> one of those situations where I think that it, it, I, it, I don't know there's where to point the finger at. It's just everybody's just got to be, you know, clicking at all times when you play these good teams. Yeah. Interesting. Identity. I couldn't tell you that. Good note on that one. Um, also, Coach, it seems like, this team, and I can point to a couple of examples, the McNeese game in the second half, you're up uh, 21 to 10. You lose the ball game. Against uh, Purview, had some success second half. You saw what happened. And then last week, 51 total yards after halftime, shut out in the second half. Is it a case that teams make an adjustment in – Southern basically is one dimensional. They're not built to come from behind. If, if they're down two scores, it just seems like they have struggled. Am, am I off base on that? Am my observation? No. no, I think that I think that you're very on point. And I think that you know, like I said, as a as a coach myself, I always you know try to always make sure that I make the right comments because these things from the inside looking out. When I say identity, I, I I really mean I don't know who's the leader in the locker room. I don't know who's who's the leader in the locker room because X's and O's, every all the plays work on paper, you know, and and and, and they, the the defense and the coverages and all that work on paper. But you know who's who's taking the ball by the horn in the locker room and 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 leading the the, the men in the, in the room. And I think that you know we've had attrition at the quarterback position. I think both young men are they, they have different skill sets. Um, but there hasn't really been established a true leader offensively to be able to galvanize the group. And you have veteran offensive linemen that, that are big and can push people around. You have a running back that's that's pretty good, but it's really not a game breaker. So it, 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 I tell my quarterbacks that, hey, if I'm going to give you the keys to the Cadillac, just don't wreck it. You got to drive it. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that <clears throat> I think that, that that's something that, you know, throughout the year, whether it is with both of the quarterbacks or what it is that the plan with the quarterbacks is, um, that's just something that I think that, you know, can hinder you if, if you just don't really have that that true leader right now. And again, I, it may not be coaching. It may be a situation, you know, right now where, you know, the, the team doesn't totally understand, you know, the vision of, of the direction of where it's going. And so those things are a little bit more than, you know, that, than, than just X's nose and execution. Um, and that's what I kind of see when I watch when I watch him play. Yeah, and you know when you when you watch Southern over the past, even when you play, they were a team that can always throw the ball, but but they were balanced offensively, and that's kind of what I'm looking for. And, and 
it's not that way this year. It wasn't that way last year. Um, if you look kind of statistically, Southern is, is near the bottom, you know, throwing the football. And um, I, I, I just think coach, it handicaps you when teams make adjustments and they're able to stop or at least control Southern's running game. Uh, and especially when they get them in third, third and long down the distance. I will, I will also add this. I don't know if it's, if it's <laughs> excuse me. I don't know if, I don't know if it's recruiting. I just – I don't know if I've seen a Southern team that doesn't really have top-end speed, though, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that hinders you a little bit because I don't know how many receivers they have that that can stretch the field vertically and, and, and are able to make defenses have to, you know, defend and, and, and play off. I think that <clears throat> most teams know that our, our, our scheme is predicated on, you know, bootleg play action, quick game. And so they're basically sitting, they're, they're sitting close and, and keeping everything in front of them. I don't know if we have um, many guys in that room that can really stretch the field on some, on some fade routes some posts some deep comebacks and things of that nature. Well, I'll tell you what, that will be a recruiting uh, need because I have those things about wants and needs. Right. It seems right. to be from your perspective, uh, needs, but Southern drops a 29 to 17 decision uh, to FAMU. Shut out in the second half. FAMU scores nine points, thus they have the victory. Southern drops to four and five overall, and wow, three and three in conference play. Now, coach, that leads us up to uh, as one person who's watching the show said, "It's big boy football with Jackson State. Jackson State can wrap up the Eastern Division." With a victory, but but often throw the records out when these two teams get together. A sold out right. AW Mumford Stadium. Um, get your thoughts on on the game today. Which team will show up? And then from a historical standpoint, you played in these games. Right. Um, you have to bring the big boy pants today. You got to bring the big boy pants. <clears throat> you got to wake up with them on. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I tell you, it's. it's you know, we talked about it a lot. Everybody makes a lot about the body classic, but I tell people when I played the Jackson State game had to be the most intense physical game that we played all year. And I think that coming into the day with Jackson, with all the success and the recruits and the people and the energy and the whole Deion Sanders buzz, you know, you have to you have to defend the bluff. You have to defend your territory. And, you know, this is right now, it's a statement game. It's a legacy game, so to speak. And this is where you find out what kind of pride your team has if they understand the history, if they understand the history of the of the rivalry, if they understand <clears throat> what's at stake. You may be out of the race, but, but man, if I'm not in, then I'm going to take you out too. Then you know, it made no sense just to be miserable myself. Both of us need to be miserable and I need to just get after it. So I think that, in order for Southern to be successful, they're gonna to have to take major chances. You know, can't you know just can't you can't, can't come into a game like this and just be conservative. You got to take some chances and kind of you know do some things to kind of get them out their rhythm and whatnot. And then the the, the biggest thing is the X factor, the energy in the stadium. I think our fans need to just be a little bit more active. We, you know, we become like the cheese and crackers cocktail hour there. You know, we can't just sit down and wait for the band to play. We got to get a little bit more involved in the game. Um, and because, like I said, it's not just the energy of the 11 on the field, but it, it, it's going to take a whole effort. And so, like I said, we'll be there and we'll try to get do our part. But uh, <clears throat> I just think that the execution, elimination of mistakes and, uh, you know, being able to block and tackle is going to be key today. Coach, if I told you and, and 
and we'll see if I'm right. I, I'm hearing Skelton because last week, let me explain, Texas Southern with Andrew Body, tremendous mm -hmm. freshman, but TSU came out and scored 21 points in the first half, right. and they ran the triple option. I'm right. hearing, I'm hearing Skelton will get the start today, and I'm thinking they're trying to to have the same success that Texas Southern um, had against Jackson State, at least for one one half. What does that right. do if, 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 if that's the case? Skelton starts. And, and Coach, I'm still worried because if Southern's not successful on first down, or, and even no. second, third, third and long, I, I think it right. presents a <clears throat> set, set of problems. Yeah, you have to, like I said, if Scout is the guy, you have to win first down because it, the history shows that it hasn't been a real efficiency in the intermediate to deep pass game. So, <clears throat> I mean, he'll bring some energy. And like I said, I, I think that, you know, his, he's athletic. He's, he has a lot of confidence. And, you know, he, he's a guy that the kids kind of rally around a little bit. So, therefore, it'll be something that Jackson would have to make in-game adjustments on. And if they're not, you know, if you practice a certain thing for somebody all week, then those adjustments, you know, sometimes can get, can catch up with you if, if you don't make them fast enough. Um, and I just think that right now in the season, you know, like I said, being four and five, three and three in conference, I mean, what the heck, you know, roll all the marbles, you know what I'm saying? Hold no punches, you know, do whatever it takes to to win. So if that's something that, that they feel that's going to give them a boost, it's going to give them an opportunity to score, you're going to have to score because uh, the Sanders kid, the quarterback at Jackson State, he is a legitimate, you know, quarterback. You know, a lot of people thought it was a little bit hype, but he's a legitimate quarterback and he's going to get his chances, you know. And then, um, you know, I, I, like I said, our secondary right now, you know, has been playing, you know, a little bit, you know, uns unsure. So you got to score. You got to come out. You got to score. I'm hoping Jordan Lewis, he's had some injury issues. Uh, Ivy at the other, and then a push up front. They, they, they've got to get pressure on right. Shadur Sanders, because if not, he can pick you apart. And then you can't let Jackson State, who has improved running the football, I think they're going to kind of come out and, and, and show the running game has improved. So it'll be interesting, Coach. Uh, hopefully the crowd is – I can't believe I'm saying hopefully. The crowd should be energized for this one because Southern and Jackson State fans are just alike. That's why it's a healthy, healthy dislike between right. these two institutions. All the time, man, i tell you. And I, I just think that one thing that I would consider because of the game and the magnitude that, of course, I think that they'll put uh, Sanders in a limelight to be successful. I think they 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 want him to be recognized the best, so they're going to come out aggressively. I think, and you know, they'll run the ball when they need to. But if I, if just from basic knowledge of watching them play, or whatnot, they're going to want to make sure to showcase him as the as a star. Coach, last but not least, talk about. Uh, and I know you have probably a lot of memories, but um, give us one special moment out of many playing against Jackson State in your uh, collegiate career at Southern University? <laughs> well, I, I, I said one. I know there's there are many, but <laughs> the, the, <laughs> one quickly. 
the crazy thing is that actually it's funny because it's so timely. We played uh, FAMU in Heritage Bowl and we lost in uh, 95, I think, to Jackson State by two points. We lost to Jackson State in Jackson, but which was our only loss. And we ended up playing FAMU. So I remember going to the banquet with both teams with Florida and them, and there was a photographer that had followers around and had some pictures on display as we were entering the dining hall. And there was three pictures of three times we scored in Jackson that were caught that they said that we were down at the one. And <laughs> there was three pictures with Melvin Williams at least a yard or two in the end zone. I'm talking about his knees were in the end zone. And um they were never called. And so the whole time, everybody thought we were upset because we were determined uh, about the game against Florida and them. But no, we were still mad about the Jackson game, and we just took it out on FAMU. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's heated. So- it's heated. It's heated. It's definitely a rivalry that if you are, like, I think the swag knows about this. The, na- the nation doesn't quite know how intense the Southern Jackson State game is. Just participating as a fan and as a broadcaster, I, I, I can tell you it's 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 the game that gets the blood pumping, you know, yes, get you excited. And uh, not to take anything away from the Bayou Classic, it is what it is. It is. But this is a totally different type, you know, because Grammar State is more like family, you know. Right. When when you're little and you you visit your your, your kinfolk doing Thanksgiving stuff and you go out in the yard. And have a game of uh, tackle with your, with your cousins. That's kind of how the Grambling State and Southern, but Southern Jackson State is just totally different. It's you know you you want to no, no Yes, no love lost, my friend. None none at all. <laughs> and they will love no more than to be victorious tonight. They will be the Eastern Division champs, and then they'll put to the end of an eight-game winning streak that Southern against as against Jackson State, you know they're going to rub it in. Well, let's hope we can – let's hope we get it done, man. I tell you, because uh, if anybody – this is the people we do it to. Right. This is a big one. Put on the big boy pants. Southern, you shouldn't have to have any motivation for this game. Right. You come out and you put forth your best effort of the season. Hey, and if you fall short – you fall short, but at least the effort was there. But, hey, you, you, you got to play a complete ball game. And only once I've seen this year, that's against the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, Coach Valdez, right. that they were on all cylinders. Boy, it would be, be great to have another type of game all four quarters tonight. Any closing comments, Coach? It'll make it worth being out there in that cold. I got to get some clothes to put on because it's supposed to be a little chilly. But uh, nah, I, I just I, I, I have faith that, that the young men um, will come out and, and just lay it on the line. And, you know, like I said, when we get in these type of games, man, I, I tell the guys, hey, man, um, somebody on that team has to wake up tomorrow feeling it. Yeah, you know, you've been in, been in a, uh, an outstanding battle. The physicality, it'll be right. some hit, hard hitting. Big plays, and you know, hey, I'll even take a forty-five yard field goal by Luke Jackson. Hey, the time, <laughs> anytime, <laughs> any other time, any other year. No, I want a severe beating. But yeah. hey, got to call it the way it is this year. Coach, appreciate the time. We'll talk again real soon, probably in two Thanks. weeks before the Bayou Classic. 
All right, my man. Thank you. Have a good day. Tend to success at St. James next week. We'll get after it. We'll get after it. I know you will. Thanks, Coach. That was Coach Robert Valdez, head football coach at St. James High School and former Southern University offensive lineman. Going to take a timeout. When I come back, I'll visit with Alvin Hollins, Mr. History himself. Last week, we were supposed to talk and some of the memorable games with FAMU and, and Southern. It didn't work out last week for Southern University, but maybe this rivalry now will be back up to par like some of the games in the past. Alvin Holland's up next. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports
Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Now it's a pleasure and an honor to talk to a Baton Rouge native. <laughs> Alvin Hollins, a member of the MIAC Hall of Fame and many in the Baton Rouge area simply still calls him Statman. Welcome Alvin Hollins to the Coles Brown Show. The inaugural... Alvin Hollins on the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Alvin, good morning to you, sir. Well, good afternoon. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, good afternoon. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's good to see you because, I mean, we haven't seen each other. I think we did a show together before the Bayou in, I think it was 18, I believe, when yeah. I was in Baton Rouge. Yeah, so, and we, that was a really, you know, we, that was a really fun time. I think we did the whole show. Talking about right. a little bit of everything. So, so this is the first time I guess we've had a chance to eyeball each other since then. So, you know, a lot of years water under the bridge since then. But uh <laughs> but I but I feel your pain, you know, with you know southern situation, but you know, it is it's you, you kind of wondered how it was gonna play out, you know, with the coach leaving in the summer. And I think I think uh the AD did the right thing by just going with an interim because that would have been to hire two staffs in the middle of the spring would have been too much disruption. But and that gives it gives and I think he had a chance to vet the people he really wanted to bring in. And now I'm sure he's probably going to end up having to make a change unless they beat Jackson State tonight. Then that'd be something different, you know. But uh, it's a uh, but that's that's the way this situation is. I mean, you know, last year, you know, we didn't play at all, and and then there was uh, in the off season, South Carolina University of South Carolina was flirting with uh, Willie Simmons, and he didn't know that he was going to be back for his third year, and you know, but he you know he resisted the temptation and stayed. So so far, you know, it's been pretty good. But, you know, if you look at HBCU football, I think, you know, you, even though he's at enemy school, Jackson State, for both of us, really, you know, I think Deion Sanders, the Deion Sanders effect has really helped HBCU in terms of the visibility because, you know, ESPN, you know, really started giving us more coverage, probably encouraged Eddie George to join, you know, and I'm sure there will be some – pro guys looking at you know the southern job now seeing as how people were able to get in there and you know bring in good staffs but that's all you need I mean you need a head coach to kind of supervise the program and uh, bring in good coaches and that's what I think Dion's done a marvelous job up there I mean heck he's missed the last two games you know with his health issues and they haven't missed a beat so I hope I hope tonight because of, of, of the rivalry and uh, we were talking about it on previous shows and, and even on this show, man, you talking about a healthy uh, dislike Southern and, and, and Jackson State. Oh, and I'm sure, yeah. Alvin, when you were at Southern University, I'm sure it still was uh, oh, the same was, back then. It, it, you know, I I think when I think back on those 
years when we played, and that, that was this was mid seventies. Matter of fact, I, I I watched Walter Payton's and Robert Brazil's last two years in college. That's just how far back the I go anyway. But you know, but that feeling, I mean, I think the, I think the edge was nastier than it is with with Grambling. You know, Grambling. Hey, you know, we, we've been playing each other. Hey, it's it's kind of like family and Bethune. It's family almost runs in, in state. But when you cross state lines like that, boy, I mean, it's it's bitter. And then we had guys who went from Scotlandville to Jackson State, and boy, I mean, they got booed when they came to Baton Rouge and that kind of thing. So, you know, but that's we had guys. I had a guy go from the lab school to go to Texas Southern and play quarterback. Uh, so, David Mays, this is way back, uh, but it's just. You know, but I think that Jackson State and Southern, I mean, those are two heavyweights, you know, two heavyweight programs. You know, Southern was probably the more established when Jackson really started coming to life in, the, I guess, maybe the 60s, early, probably the 60s. And, you know, ever since then, you know, they've been going, you know, back and forth. But, um, and Dion's, you know, brought them back basically from the dead boy, because they'd gone through about what four or five coaches in the last eight or ten years you know it's almost ridiculous really and people were so skeptical but he understood what he had to do was stabilize that thing bring in good coaches and recruit and now you know they're saying he may be up for the tcu job i don't know if that's really going to come into play but certainly you know, what he did with Jackson, you know, in, in space of one year, you know, you know, you look at these people are looking at who can come in and energize our fan base, who can energize our recruiting. And, and I think that's, you know, for the first time, I think, you know, people like Dion, and he has the professional experience, you know, he played for the Cowboys right down the road. So he's got a lot, you know, I guess on his resume that he could offer TCU. So we'll see, but yeah. uh, it'll be interesting. Um, uh, but Alvin, uh, and, and you sent me some notes and, and like I said, we were going to talk last week. Uh, unfortunately, right. we weren't able, able to do that, but this week and, uh, and, and it had me thinking about the FAMU and Southern uh, football series. The series began in 1941 and became a home and home affair annually until 2001 and then you know you, you talk about the uh, both programs produce national championships teams 13 for famu 10 for southern college hall of fame coaches headed by jake gaither and arnett ace mumford all-star players plus a plethora of pro uh, alumni and you mentioned uh, the series history now you can update it 35 26 one because of famu's victory uh, last week, but it, it made me think back to, of course, the 2019 game. Didn't make that one, but family won 27 to 21. Uh, you listed 2011 fam, um, game, family 38 to 33 over Southern University. But now 2008, uh, 2007, but 2008, 52 to 49. And it was another game like that, but of course, a guy you know very well, Coach Billy Joe. Um, 
often have said also that the fan base is similar between Southern and FAMU, but boy, they've had some some uh, some historic battles. And I, I've been to Tallahassee twice, homecoming, 33-3 loss, and then the famous somebody's going to get embarrassed yeah, combat yeah, by Coach Richardson, yeah. and that was 65-18. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. We were scheduled to come back to Baton Rouge the next morning, Sunday morning, after that severe beating. We drove, we canceled the, the reservation of Pensacola and we got back to Baton Rouge about three in the morning. What a humbling experience. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, um, the, the funny thing is, um, there was a co- there was a coach on that staff, I think that on that Southern staff that ended up um, at FAMU. I think he ended up at FAMU for a couple of years under uh uh under uh alex wood you know he i think he was i can't remember but either way he talked about after that game after that 65 18 game he said his wife didn't hardly want to talk to him she said (laughs) when they were getting ready to go out for another game the next week she said y'all sure y'all gonna win this week you know i mean it was such a devastating loss that even even his wife lost confidence in the team. I can't think of who that was, I, but it was, but I mean, it was just one of those things, man. I mean, it, the momentum just built. And, but I think the, the turning point was that kickoff where the guy tried to run, Southern tried to run it out of the end zone. And there was just this fantastic hit. You could almost see, you could almost see why they outlawed they wanted to try to outlaw the kickoff because <laughs> somebody, a bunch of people must have had concussions after that hit. But that ball rolled back into the end zone. A guy recovered for a touchdown, and then it was just a snowball, you know. And it's just, but that's, but that's kind of the way this series is gone, you know, in terms of, you know, a big play here. And I, and and it was interesting putting those notes together a couple of weeks ago. It amazed me the number of games that came down to the fourth quarter. You know, you think about the 90, uh, I think it was the 90, uh, the 98 game with Bonner where, you know, we score with less than a minute to go on a field goal. And I think that's 50, 48, two years later. And that was Quinn Gray and Jacque Nunnally breaks right, Jerry Rice's record for career catches. But, you know, and that was another last second field goal. You know, and of course, uh, that 2001 game here in Tallahassee was an overtime field goal by Southern. And that was a low scoring game compared to some of the ones we had. I think it was 20 to 17. But, you know, but it's just the intensity of the series. And I think the two teams, you know, um, one of our old timers down here, you know, there are only a few games that our fans really come to see us because they figure we don't, you know, we're going to dominate most of the teams, Southern, Tennessee State. Uh, those are teams we usually played in Tallahassee anyway, Southern, Tennessee State. There's only a handful of schools that fans were really interested in seeing the game because they knew we were going to get tested. And, but the Southern, you know, we just, it's been, 
the relationship between the schools, you know, even Dean Jones was Dean of Minute fam you in the 40s before he came to Southern. Of course, I graduated from Southern and and now I've been I've been in Tallahassee a long time. So in fact, uh, we had we had a executive vice president here. Matter of fact, we got two. We got Dr. Ammons, who was the president here for a number of years, and now he's probably a heartbeat away from becoming Southern's president. And then we had uh, Dr. Brian Lucas, who was a, who was working in the president's office here as recently as this spring. He's now working at Southern University in the administration. So it's I don't know what it is about Southern and FAMU, but you know we got we got quite an exchange foreign exchange program going here. But uh, you know, but it's you know these are two great universities. You know, we produce so much in the way of everything was education, uh, athletics, and um, you know it's 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 amazing. Even with all the changes in the country, you know. The fact that we're still sustainable and productive, it says a lot for the alumni and for the, I think the faculty and staff, as well as the administrations, you know, keeping, keeping, these, keeping these schools going. You know, the interesting thing, Alvin, is because we've talked previously before, this was when family was still Ampethune Cookman in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Now that, uh, they're in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And I know from a, a football standpoint, I wonder if family will ever rotate off of Southern's schedule. All that to say now, at least you'll see them play more now that is in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Well, I would hope that, I don't, I don't know how the uh, scheduling has been set up, but I would hope that just like in the SEC where you have a permanent opponent maybe from the other division you know like lsu in florida and i know that now you talk about two people can't stand each other's lsu in florida but i think in our case i'd like to see famu and southern stay on each other's schedules because i think from the standpoint of the history television potential the bands i think for the conference that's you know a perfect marketing uh tool and I see now that they've started up this uh SWAC classic. I think Jackson State and Alcorn are gonna be playing in the first one next week. You know, I would think that when they're looking down the road at potential matchups for SWAC classic, you'd have to look at FAMU and Southern just because of the history between these two schools. So and, and you know that not so much predates the SWAC, but those are just two heavy, two heavyweight programs that bring a lot when you try to sell it to sponsors. Yeah, and, and, and now even when you look at during the Southwestern Athletic Conference, not that they haven't played a lot, but they have probably not as much as football. You get a chance to establish some relationships, family baseball program. Um, oh. I know Southern plays. FAMU and Bethune Cookman uh, four times in the basketball season, you know, home and home and away. So you'll get a chance to make some some uh, new uh, other relationships besides football. Well, you know, the, the, the one of the things we were looking at uh, when you know when when the the decision was made to join 
the swag. You know, you go back and look at your records. You see, we played, I think the only team in the swag and had not played historically was Pine Bluff. This is the first time we met and we're meeting and playing today in, yeah. you know, in Pine Bluff. That's the first, this is the first meeting that we've had in football. Texas Southern, Prairie View. We used to have some battles with Prairie View down in the Orange Blossom Classic. Uh, Alcorn, Alcorn. All, matter of fact, I was looking at a, something on Ken Riley in the late 60s, and shoot, man, Casim uh, came to Miami and waylaid the Rattlers. I think it was 36 to 9 or something like that in that classic. I think it was, I think it was the 68 classic. So, of course, Jackson State, you know, they we've had two three now with this year's game, three classic classics in the Orange Blossom Classic. And of course, in Grambling, I think, I think Gram, I think Grambling was probably the most frequent OBC opponent for FAMU uh, back in, in, because that was Eddie Robinson and, and Gaither, you know, they had a tremendous, you know, friendship as well as relationship. So, you know, so you and of course the Alabama schools, we were in SIAC together. So really, it, it was almost like a, a homecoming for us, you know, to join the, the SWAC, really, because we had, you know, longstanding relationships with a lot of the schools. So, and of course, with uh, Coach Simmons, you know, having been an offensive coordinator at Prairie uh, and at uh, Alcorn, then head coach at Prairie View. He's familiar with the swag too. See, so you know, you got a guy that understands the, you know, understands the flavor of this league. And it's, you know, and like I said, we're coming down to the wire now. To like to, today is a big day for the conference. Uh, you know, FAMU's at Pine Bluff, Jackson's coming to you. And of course, Prairie View hopes to salt away that Western division. And they're, I think they're hosting all corn, I believe. They're all corn. Yeah, they're hosting all corn. So, you know, if all three of those teams all on and fam you win, you know, I think we'll all pretty much be locked into whatever postseason possibilities there are. At least if Jackson wins and uh Prairie View wins, they'll be locked into the SWAC championship. You know, fam you I still kind of think. Uh, at large may be a long shot for us this year, you know, but right now I think our goal is just to finish nine and two because Bethune's beaten us nine years in a row. And, you know, that just doesn't sit well. And this year we family's only won one game. I mean, Southern's only, I mean, Bethune's only won one game. You know, there's no way we could, you talk about y'all, y'all losing to FAMU that year and canceling stuff, I said, shoot, we may end up having to go. We might not be able to come back to Tallahassee if we lose to Bethune this year. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, Bethune is to, I've always said Bethune is to FAMU what Alcorn was to Southern University. And then, lo and behold, Southern breaks that streak on the field goal this year. So, maybe – FAMU does the same thing. FAMU kicks a, a field goal and wins it. Would the Rattler Nation be happy with that, or they would want a, uh, a a bigger margin of victory? Well, they want they they'd love to get a bigger margin of victory just 
if, especially if they believe impressing the judges is going to help, especially for these last two games, because, you know, when you got teams that aren't, don't have winning records, you sort of want to look dominant if you want to have any shot at getting an at-large bid. But I think for our fans, just be, I mean, beating Bethune-Cookman, we'd like to beat them, you know, we'd like to beat them badly because those nine straight losses, some of those games, man, we had in hand and we let them get away. And I think this year's, this year, I think Coach Simmons put extra emphasis on that defense. That defense is, this is one of the better defensive teams that we've had in years. I mean, you know, we sh- I think we shut out Alabama State, held South Carolina State to seven, Fort Valley to seven, held Jackson State to seven, you know. So, or, or did they get a, a pick six? I think they, I don't even know if they scored on offense, come to think about it. You know, it was but seven to six. It was seven to six, but I'm trying to think it may have been a, because it was raining real bad down there. So I think it might have been a pick six deal. But either way, you know, we've you know, you know, we got the got we got the number one sack master in the in the country in Isaiah Land at linebacker number 31. I think he's got 12 sacks, 17 tackles for loss. So uh, so we've got they he had, Coach Simmons has really assembled a really good roster on that defensive side. And uh, the only thing we were concerned about was quarterback, you know, but um, I think uh, Rashawn McKay has really come around the second half of the year. In fact, some of the fans were saying, you know, when you're off a whole year like we were, you know, certain areas of the team are probably going to struggle. That's why our fans were really pulling for a spring schedule because they said the guys need to play to kind of get their sea legs back. but. Yeah, well, well, it, it you know I don't know. Sometimes I think, up with a good record, huh? They still have an outstanding record with with a couple of games to go. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. Well, I think they were concerned about the rust. You know, right. sometimes you get you get yeah. You I say well yeah, you can get rusty, but uh, you don't want to get hurt either. You know, especially the spring and then. And then, and then you know you may miss the season, and that that could be even worse. So you know it's six on one hand, half a dozen on the other. But um, it's this this these last two weeks in the conference are going to be really interesting, boy. Because even next week, you know now of course Prairie View's like I said, Prairie View has a they got a Brinks truck pickup at uh, uh, College Station. To play Texas A&M. I said, why the heck would y'all play I Texas? I would you schedule that game so late in the season and then I think they close out Mississippi Valley State, but, you know, you, right. I, and I know injuries can happen at any point, but boy, I, I would have scheduled that game in the beginning of the year versus the end so you can make sure you're as healthy as possible if you're right, going to Jackson State. Right, going to that SWAC championship game. Because see now, and then on top of that, even if you don't get beat, it hurt, you don't have that. Jackson's going to have a week off. See, Jackson plays on the 20th, which is next Saturday. Then they're off until December 4th, I guess. But, you know, you go right, what, hey, you know, it. either way, they're gonna, somebody's got to win that game no matter 
whether they get a week off, you know, or not. So we'll see how that plays out. With and then who goes to Atlanta? And that really was where fam, you really wanted to be. They wanted to be in a position to go to that SWAC championship game because of the financial, you know, reward as well as the national television. So, uh, you know, I guess we'll just have to see unless, but unless they slip on the banana peel twice, which I don't <laughs> see Dion and his boys doing. I said, you know, we just got to be, we just have to be satisfied with a nine and two. We can get, we can get, and and then work on next year. So, yeah. Well, Alvin, as always, we could go on and on. I appreciate the time. We, we got to agree to talk again soon. Um, you have a lot of historical information and, and just good commentary. And uh, I, I'd love to talk to you again real soon. Okay, well, you know, let's let's say let's make it a if we can make it a regular thing. I'll be more than happy to do it. Just want to say and say uh, say hello to my family. I know they're listening or watching actually. Now this is the first time that we've had one of these shows where yeah. you know they could, they could actually see Big Brother as they like to call me. So it's just it's you know I'm I'm happy to be happy to come on on the show as much as you like. Uh, because you know I enjoyed it I enjoyed the camaraderie and you know there's going to be a lot of good to talk about you know in the future because I think this marriage between FAMU and the SWAC is going to be special yeah I would agree well Alva we will do that and um, enjoy the rest of your weekend and uh, I know you get a chance to see FAMU and uh, Pine Bluff Coming up, uh, I believe at two p.m. Central Standard Time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just hope we can get get out of Pine Bluff with a win and and get ready for those Wildcats because I know they would love to spoil our season as they've done the last nine years. So, you know, and and they've had such a horrible, horrible year this year. So that would make their season. Yeah, their Super Bowl, the Florida Classic. Yeah. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk again real soon. And once again, appreciate you coming on and uh, having a conversation with me on on today's show. Okay. Enjoyed it and take care. Thank you. You too, Alvin. That was Alvin Hollins here on the Carlos Brown Show. We'll take a time out. When I come back, I'll visit with Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Can Prairie View and Jackson State lock up a championship bid winning on the road today? We'll see, and we'll check on Charles Edmond, Alcorn, on a two-game losing streak. They lost to Bethune-Cookman and gave Bethune-Cookman their first win of the season. You heard it on this show first. Charles was worried about the Southern and the Bethune game. He was right. We'll check on Charles and see if he's okay. You're watching the (laughs) Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, 
My colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. We are back. For the first time in 62 years, the Florida Memorial Lions will hit the gridiron and their home games will be streamed by the Black College Sports Network at www.fmuathletics.com, www.mybcsn.net, and on the MyBCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dash as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course Lecture Dismissed. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. So 
know, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Charles Edmund called it. He had a bad feeling about the Southern game. We talked about that, but then most importantly, he penciled in that Bethune-Cookman game with Alcorn State. And so first and foremost, we welcome Charles Edmonds back to the Coles Brown show. And everybody, I, I had Southern night saying, your buddy Charles is he is he is he okay? So uh, Charles, <laughs> you, you you looked a little uh, perturbed there, but uh, hey, look at me, underachievers. Can we say that about all corn after two straight losses, or it's something else going on? But how how are you feeling? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm still smarting from a rough weekend. The Braves lost. It was a tropical system in Florida last week, soaking wet. We lost the game, and then my Rams lost. So it was a tough 48 hours for Charles Edmonds, for sure. Um, you know, hey, this – and I, I didn't think we would lose the game last week. I will say that when I – I didn't know the, the order of our schedule in terms of who we were playing in the conference – when I talked to Terry Sims at Media Day and I saw we were playing with Bill Cookman November 5th, I said, uh-oh. And it didn't matter whether we were 8-0 and they were 0-8. Just something that pit in my stomach sat with me till last week. And I'm not saying we're going to lose the game, but I just felt like it was going to be a tough matchup no matter how well we were playing, no matter how poorly they were playing. Um, and you could just see it. I mean, with Bill Cookman – Close losses led nine nothing against Jackson State. You felt like if they make three or four more plays instead of being winless, they probably have three or four wins, and they may have something to say in the Eastern Division. And look, we led by we led by ten three different times in the third quarter. Our defense just could not get off the field for the second week in a row. It's been a struggle. Not providing any excuses, but we are severely banged up on the defensive side of the ball, especially up front. One of our best back-end players in Terrence Edgerton is out for the season with a serious knee injury. We got a lot of young guys that we're trying to mix in, trying to give them some reps. So it's been tough sledding for Cedric Thorne's defense. No excuses. And uh, Brad McNair says no excuses. Everybody's banged up this time of year. You just got to suck it up and, and play what you got. So we're doing that. Uh, I thought it was a good week this week. And, hey, it's, it's out of our hands. I mean, a lot of folks on social media still trying to pencil this thing in and Games count here, don't count there. Look, every game counts. Everybody's playing eight games, no more, no less. Every game counts. So we're two out with two to play. We don't win today. Craigie's going to hoist his trophy. If we win, then we got to beat Jackson. And then in two weeks, Craigie has to beat Valley. That's the bottom line with that. Can I ask this, Charles? The injuries on the defensive line, was it – uh, most of it happened before the Southern game, or was it? It, it was. Was it the Southern game? I'm trying to figure out. Did it happen before, or after? Because some of the Alcorn fans were telling me it was a very physical matchup with Southern's offensive line. Um, I think it was a sprinkling of injuries, even leading up to the Southern game. Okay. Just, just okay. Piecing it all together, um, you know, starting with Edgerton, and it just kind of went up and down the line. I think an injury here, an injury there, an injury here. It wasn't a calamity of injuries from that Southern game, but I think we were banged up going into that game. And, you know, the four in a row on the road, that didn't help in terms of the recovery and just trying to get guys as healthy as possible. We might get a couple of guys back on the defensive line today. Um, it's a game-time decision. 
we'll see. But, you know, clearly we've been banged up in Cedric Thornton. This has been probably the most challenging year as a coordinator, just trying to put it all together. And uh, we'll see against a potent preview offense here today. I understand that about injuries. Uh, as you stated, every team goes through this uh, throughout the season. So no excuses. It's it's the next man up. Well, Charles, let's kind of go with a recap November the 6th and kind of get your thoughts. Of course, you just kind of mentioned it, but we didn't give the score. Bethune Cookman over Alcorn State, 35 to 31. And, and, and to your point, Charles, you scored 30 points, over 30 points against Southern, against Bethune Cookman. And, and if your defense is healthier, I got to believe that. It's a very good chance to win at least at minimum one out of the two. Uh, very well, could have won both, but you, you scored enough points offensively, defensively. That's has been a challenge of late. And add to it the fact that we had uh, a, a, a big kickoff return for a touchdown. And one of our best punt returners, Manny Jones, on a short kick, you know, got away from it and then thought better of it and caught it on the hop and fumbled. You know, so special teams has hurt us too these last couple of weeks. So the defense, yes, they've been on the field an awful lot, but our special teams has got to get better, especially here today when it gets an explosive offense. You can't give them a short field. We, you know, we we got to clean that up as well if we want to have a chance. So it's a combination of both. I would say one defense, two special teams, especially punt and kickoff returns. Yeah, and, and that can do you in. Oh, it will uh, do you in. Jackson State over Texas Southern, 41 to 21. Texas Southern scored 21 first half points, ran a little triple option. <laughs> that is why I'm hearing that Skelton will get will get the start today for what I'm hearing, Charles. I, I I know that makes you happy. For me, I'm just gonna do this. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I'm a skeleton fan, you know, I, I think, you know, McDaniels actually was impressive with his feet against Alcorn and I was able to push the ball down the field. I thought, you know, you stick with the hand that may be warm, which is McDaniels, maybe not red hot, but you stick with the hand that's most productive. You know, I'm a skeleton fan. I was impressed with what I saw from McDaniels a couple of weeks ago. So uh, interesting what Coach Rollins is doing. I guess he's pushing his chips all in. Hey, you got to throw something against the wall, see if it sticks. Because, uh, you know, again, we all know what's at stake for Southern. Just trying to finish finish it out strong. Um, and for Jackson State, they're trying to win the Eastern Division today. Yeah, they could wrap it up. And uh, I don't know, McDaniels kind of struggled last week against FAMU. Had two uh, receivers open. And if you get them the ball, change the complexity of the game. But could have, would have, should have. Didn't get it done. So, you know, maybe Skelton. The coaching staff feels that, hey, we, we need to try that option like Texas Southern did last weekend. Maybe we'll have better results. We'll see. If not, it could be a long offseason <laughs> in, in Baton Rouge. Alabama a and back on the winning streak over Valley, 42-14. to 14. It was Pine Bluff over Grambling State, 33-26. Did that shock you, Charles, your alma mater, losing to a, a Pine Bluff team that had just – have not had a good season. Yeah, it did. I mean, considering where Grambling is right now, I would have said Grambling maybe by a field goal just because they're well, – I think Grambling's just a better team overall. Um, excuse me, music kind of loud right now here. I, I love it. I love it. It's, it, it's the okay, okay. 
Okay, yeah, it's great. It's definitely ambient. But yeah, slightly surprised, but clearly Grambling's trending in the wrong direction. You know, just as a Gramlinite myself, happy that we're able to be Grambling here. I thought Grambling might be on the upper trajectory, but it, it clearly has gone the other way. Trying to get an update. Uh, Bethel Cookman's up over Gramlin right now, 17 to 6. My, my, my last information. Wow. Bethel Cookman. And we're going to get to the predictions. I, I got it highlighted. I, I'm going to shock you with some of my predictions this week, Charles. <laughs> the road teams will be successful. Um, Purview comes from behind to beat Alabama State 24 to 20. And then, of course, FAMU over Southern 29 to 17. Uh, any comments on, on, on the Prairie View game in Alabama State? And by the way, since the last time we talked, Coach Ely Hill was released at Alabama State. And now I saw on social media, I think he's now working at Georgia Tech. Yes. It, you know, Dr. Ely, Dr. Ely is a really good guy, first of all. Um, I just think he got swept up. And this is, this is just my opinion. When you have a new athletic director coming in, when you're inheriting a football pro coach in a program that hasn't been successful, you kind of get swept up in the politics of it all. And when you talk to Bama State fans, they talk about one thing, the Magic City. You know, and I thought if maybe if he got by that, you know, buy him a little more time. And that was an opportunity for Bama State. They clearly didn't get it done. New AD, Dr. Jason Cable. You know, made made the move trying to clear the decks for whoever's coming up next. I think it's a very attractive job, great facilities. I think the pay's going to be good. I mean, you've got a pretty good fan base there, so I think it'll be a very attractive job. Um, on that Prairie View Bama State game, you know, when we we're getting ready to take off from Daytona last week, it was 20 to 10 Bama State at halftime, and we were all celebrating. We all were happy about it, and then when we landed. Cedric Tillman told me, well, Bama State didn't score again. Pray you won. And we all just like, oh, no. So <laughs> this is where we are. But I tell you what, for Prairie View, that's obviously a wake-up call. Um, it was their homecoming, from my understanding. And they probably just slept off through the first half. I mean, you got an interim coach. You want to play for, it, for the interim coach. And I thought through the first half, that's exactly what happened. But the better team won in the second half. They were at home. So... That's that's where we are, but kind of surprised on the Grambling game, but not surprised with the, the Prairie View Bama State game. You know, Prairie View clearly is the better team, and they, they woke up in the second half. Back to uh, Alabama State, that's an opening. Charles, I would not be surprised if you have four openings, possibly five, but four in the Southwestern Athletic Conference after the season is open. And, um, you know, we don't want to talk about rumors, but, uh, <laughs> Charles, <laughs> you, you, you look like you're surprised or not. It, it could be some more openings in the conference. I'm surprised at the number. We kind of know that there's going to be some openings. So you've you got 12 teams in the conference. You're talking about almost half of our conference football programs going to be looking for coaches. That's. It's going to be interesting fodder for the offseason. Mm -hmm. And as that time gets near, some coaches are coaching for their lives. Some, they, the decision may have already been put out. And then you have coaches, and one in particular whose name is hot and heavy, 
about maybe moving, and this coach could be in a championship game. Yeah. But you, but you didn't hear it here. <laughs> yeah. Put it this way, it, it will be an exciting offseason now, as usual. Well, I, I tell you what, and I, I, I know what you're referring to. Uh, I'll just say this on that particular situation. Uh, that coach is making a pretty good coin right now. He wins the West. He wins the championship. He's going to be in demand, and probably somebody's going to come at him with a boatload of money. And Freddie's got to make a decision on whether or not. Well, I'm sorry, I gave the name, but uh, there's a decision that has to be made there in terms of whether the administration wants to any up to keep him. And that that's what happens. And I think it's going to be an interesting uh, race in terms of finances. I was talking to somebody the other day. I mean, we know how much most of these coaches make. You got four coaches in this league making over $300,000 a year. You got Bob's, uh, you got Dooley, you got Willie Simmons, you got Deion Sanders. They all make over three. And if they're in demand, and if one of those coaches in, is in demand, you know they're going to get more to go somewhere else within the conference. The price tag goes up, maybe four, maybe a half mil. Or maybe four with a bunch of incentives where they can make a half mil. So the price tag is going to go up for those top tier coaches for sure. And that's that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. You know how much of a price tag it's going to take for some of these uh, those coaches in those situations to move if it happens. Three hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand. What if a program has committed to moving up from that, and their coach now? makes 250. My question is, where's that extra money is going to come from? But if they're committed to going up to that much, the bar has been raised. Yes. Supply and demand in economics. Wow. And if, and, and you, if you want to go in that direction. Right. And this show you just the, the top tier and the bottom tier. Once upon a time, there's a coach in this conference in football that didn't even make six figures, if you can believe that. Still might not be making six figures. Uh, and so you look at the bottom end and the top end, it's it's four to one, maybe five to one, depending on how you look at it. So, it, But those are the top tier you know, uh, programs that are looking you know, perhaps if they and, and you look at someone like Coach Sanders, if he's successful, he went, I mean, he's got a bunch of incentives in his contract, but you know if he wins the East and wins the SWAC and wins the Celebration Bowl, how much is he going to be worth now? Five, a half mil for sure with all the money that he brought in, 53000 on homecoming and all the publicity. You know, the price tag is going to go up for the top-tier teams. What about for the mid-tier teams that are playing, paying mid-level salaries? Does that raise the bar on that end as well? That would be interesting uh, to talk about in the offseason. Honestly, would and, and and let me just say this five four three two one if Fergie and coach Dooley we, we talked about him being on the hot seat right for a few seasons why my question is and maybe it is I'm sure some PV alum will will chastise me for making this statement if they haven't done they should have reached out to him already and if they haven't why haven't they done so um i would think 
in my opinion, just based on the ebbs and flows, privately, there's probably some discussions about an extension right now, if it hasn't happened already. It's probably been discussed. It's probably sitting on the president's desk. They're just waiting for everything else to kind of fall in place to see what's going to happen with the Western Division. I think there's privately, you know, discussions to give an extension. Um, I think they're just waiting to see because Dooley's done just about everything else, but you know, but win the West. You know, I mean, he hasn't had a great record against Grambling, against Southern, and Allcorn. But if he if he gets over those hurdles, which he has so far, he's got Allcorn today. But you know, of course, I'm, I'm hoping the Braves get it done. But if Braveview gets it done, you know, Dooley is going to probably get an extension. That's probably definite. And if if not, why not? I mean, you, you have to reward your coach. And uh, Prairie has the money and resources. They're going to get a big check next week for playing Texas A&M, uh, you know, next next Saturday. It's going to be interesting. If Prairie doesn't win this game, Dewey's got a decision to make with Texas A&M because then you got the Valley game. So, But but clearly, I think Dooley deserves whatever Prairie gives them. And I, I think that uh, – I think he should be taken care of. I'm going to be watching that situation very closely. Charles, you see, I got a kind of like a grin on my face because I'll just leave it at that. It's going to be interesting. Money versus money versus your dream job. Some people say take the money and done. But if it if your dream job is somewhere else, I think you really have to consider it very, very heavily. You'll weigh your options. So we'll leave it on that with Coach Dooley. Nice guy. And cut his teeth coaching at Southern University under legendary coach uh, Pete Richardson. All right. Upcoming games today, November 13th. I don't know if I can show you, but I had Bethune Cookman. You probably can't see it, y'all. I had Bethune <laughs> Cookman uh, winning this ball game. They were up 17 to uh, 6 over Grambling State. That game started at 11 a.m. Okay, on the GSU Sports Network, um, Alabama State and Mississippi Valley State. Who do you have in that one? Um, I got Bama. Um, you know, it's kind of discouraging. You read on social media some players from Valley are, are hitting the transfer portal. You know, this is a program that clearly, you know, I thought had the best three-game stretch of any team in the conference. They had control of the Eastern Division if they had just got it done against. Jackson, Alcorn, and FAMU, we be talking about Valley at home, but they didn't get it done. Uh, the season's kind of gone sour a little bit. It's gone south, gone sideways. Who's going to stick with that? You, you read about some players transferring out. Let's hope that doesn't continue because Coach Dance is a good coach and he's dealing something there. It's going to take a little more time. But I have, uh, I got Bama winning that one. Yep, another road team. I got Alabama State as well. Alabama A&M at Texas Southern. This could literally be a shootout. Alabama and them defense can't stop a wet paper bag. You know how bad <laughs> that is? Uh, Texas Southern defense mm, improved. Some improvement, but offensively, that's what they're known of. Mr. Body is all that in a bag of chips. But with that being said, I think Alabama and them will get just enough, and I mean about that much of defense. I'll take the road team again, Alabama and them today. Um, I'm gonna go with Texas Southern. I'm gonna I'm 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 go a little bit of a different direction in this one. Um, you know what I saw from that TSU program a few weeks ago. You know, Body made some freshman mistakes that 
if you look at it now, if he doesn't make those mistakes, it's a much closer game. But he's a freshman, and you know with freshmen, you're going to get the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I, I think at home, I think Texas Southern has figured out some things. And I think, you know, AM's defense still can't get off the field. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I think Texas Southern's going to win. They're at home. Update. Bethune Cookman over Grambling State 24 to uh, 6. 24 7, I'm sorry. 24 7. Wow. Unbelievable. Purview and them at Alcorn State. I'll just go ahead with my prediction on that. I'm taking the home team for once. I think Alcorn gets it done in spite of injuries on the defensive line. I think they're going to play inspired football. They're not, they're going to protect home turf. My gut just tells me, my gut tells me that Alcorn gets it done some kind of way. They they get it done. I'm taking Alcorn State 2 p.m. today. This is a weird feeling because normally this time of year, we're in the driver's seat. Uh, not the case. You know, we're on the other side of the fence. We just got to win out and just see what Preview does or doesn't do uh, this team is really focused this week. Uh, Fred McNair talked about it on the show, being out at practice. This team is focused and ready. Because if they don't win this game, this Panther team is going to hoist this trophy on this field, and it's going to be a very, very, very bad field. It's going to be a very bad day, even though it's a beautiful day here. Uh, I think the Braves are going to be inspired, enthused, mad, angry. It's senior day. It's the final game for these seniors, 17 of them uh, playing their final home game. They don't want to go out like this. I think the Braves will come out and make the first couple of punches and keep their foot on the gas for four quarters and win this thing and keep their hopes alive. Phil Phyllis Harper, I'm counting on him. I want him to play the best game of the year. And by the way, I know that feeling to walk off that field in Lorman, Mississippi with fireworks going off and that just secret <laughs> feeling in your stomach. It is not good, Alcorn. I hope you don't have to feel – well, it won't be any fireworks, but you get my drift. You yeah. don't want the other team to uh, say they clinched it on uh, your field. FAMU at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff gets a victory last week. FAMU defensive is just too tough. Just too tough. I like FAMU, and then offensively, they're efficient enough to get things done. I like the road team again, FAMU, in the, today's ball game. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with how FAMU is able to bounce back after that tough loss to Jackson State. I talked, you know, our producer Brian Fulford is a FAMU grad. I told him this summer, whoever loses that FAMU-Jackson game is going to be smart all year long. You're right now, FAMU, even though they're playing well, they're still smarting a little bit from what didn't happen in Miami. But what's a sign of a good team is how you respond when you when when you when you get hit on the deck. And so far, FAMU's defense is really playing well offensively. They're doing just enough. Uh, I have FAMU winning that game. Oh, we're in agreement on that game, and of course, ESPN Plus, the Alabama and and Texas Southern game is on ESPN Plus. Charles Purview and Alcorn not on ESPN Plus. I have issues with getting ESPN three. I think I'm going to have to get a pink slip to some my cable provider. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So um, can they watch the uh, 
the, the Purdue and Alcorn game? Yeah, I was, I was, kind of, I was kind of surprised myself when I a couple weeks ago I noticed that I didn't, I don't see our game on the ESPN schedule, uh, ESPN Plus or three, whatever the case. And I did contact someone at the SWAC office to see if because they can move games around. You know, they can add games to the schedule. They give you about a ten-day window to make your adjustments. Uh, but it, I was told the game is not going to be televised, and there won't be any adjustments. So this game will not be on ESPN Plus. It will be on AllCornSports.com, and so the game will be streamed that way. It'll be on one of our YouTube plat our YouTube platforms uh, beginning at 1:30. So it is it is surprising considering that this is one of the premier games of the week, and even three months ago this was going to be one of the premier games of the week. But it's, it's not on the schedule, but uh, you can still watch it online on AllCornSports.com. Thanks for that information. And last but not least, Jackson State at Southern, 6 p.m. ESPN 3. Wow, not ESPN Plus. I'm sure I can find it on the YouTube channel somewhere. If, if you know, if, if I'm not gonna be there. Um, <laughs> Are you going? I don't know. Charles, I, 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 I'm so <laughs> come on, man. I, I, I guess I'll be there. I'll, I'll be there. But uh, yes. I, who do you who do you like in this ball game as we wrap up this segment? I I like Southern University. You know, can Southern stand prosperity? Two weeks ago, they they, they had their, their their you know what kicked in in the second half against Prairie View, and I say that made them even more dangerous. And they beat us 38-35. They they felt good about themselves, and then what happened? They lose last week to FAMU. Same situation. You know. People talking about them. People probably cussing them out, coaches and all. Their backs against the wall again. They're not going to win the West, but this is about pride. They don't want to see Jackson hoist that trophy on their field because if Jackson wins today, that's exactly what will happen. I think Jackson's got a few issues to work through, and I think someone's going to exploit it. Skeleton starting will help a little bit. I like McDaniels, a better matchup with Jackson State. I think Southern's going to play their best game of the year by far. And I have Southern winning that game 36 to 31. Well, I wish I was as confident. Jackson State can clinch the Eastern Division title. They can end an eight-game winning streak by Southern University. Charles, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm taking the road team. I'm taking Jackson State. And then besides, I picked Alcorn to beat Southern. And I was wrong on that one, so in a twisted way, if I pick Jackson State, <laughs> then Southern will win. But truthfully, this team has to play the best game of the year, and they've got to play, we've been talking about this a lot, four quarters. I, I, I can't have a team play two quarters or one quarter, then the second half come out, teams make an adjustment, you don't know what, you don't make an adjustment to the adjustment. So uh, my heart my heart wants Southern to win, but my head says Jackson State. So um, I hope I'm wrong, Charles. I really am. I hope I'm wrong. Any closing comments as we wrap up this segment? It's about pride, Carlos. Which team's going to show up and play with some pride, some heart, some determination? Um, I think you know. I think that's what it's about right now. Um, you know, our predictions. You know, I predicted. Uh, you know, FAMU to win the East and Alcorn to win the West. Um, you know, still a possibility. But, you know, I, I like I like the teams with their backs against the wall today to 
come out and play well. We'll just see how it all develops. Well, some Jackson State fans have really got after me. One in particular, Avis Heath, you're right. I predicted JSU fourth in the East on the Black College Sports Network uh, program. And I picked Southern in the West. I failed miserably in my predictions. So I'll eat crow. I'm man enough to admit when I was wrong. But Avis, you don't scare me. I'll say that. Avis, he was my uh, brother from another mother, Jackson State <laughs> alumni fan. You're absolutely right. I should be trashed. I should be taking the task for not picking Jackson State. <laughs> I had to get that one in, Charles. Charles, have a uh, great broadcast. and appreciate the time. We'll talk again next week. Hopefully, Alcorn and the Jaguars are victorious. If not, let the coaching search be open again. In Baton Rouge. Unbelievable. Should be fun, Carlos. Appreciate it. All right. Take it easy. That was Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network. A quick timeout. When I come back, I'll visit with Coach Van Petaway and his thoughts and perspective on the late Coach Lafayette Stribling, the best dress coach in basketball history and also a basketball icon. Mississippi Valley State and Tougaloo. He's going to be missed, but Coach Petaway will close out today's show with some thoughts on Coach Lafayette Stribling. You're watching Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to MyJBN.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Tell everybody Network. they can follow their dreams. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions 
for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. To this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, watched exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Final guest of today's show. It's always a pleasure to visit with Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama AM. Once a coach, always a coach. Coach, good afternoon to you, sir. <laughs> good afternoon, Carlos. Everything is on the up and up. Yeah, it's it's been a tough season for our, our football programs, but hey. Basketball, I think uh, we're going to be pleasantly surprised based yeah, on think, some early non-conference games. Right. I, I think uh, in basketball, I, I think people will be surprised. We've got some teams that are that are playing real well. We don't have the big wins yet, but we got some teams that are playing well. I had an opportunity to watch the Southern game against Louisville, and I feel that if Sandler hadn't gotten in foul trouble, that, you know, that, that game could have been a lot different. He was on the bench too early in the first half, and uh, that's when when uh, Louisville really uh, they got their mojo going. And then, of course, uh, we already know that uh, Alabama A&M was able to defeat Tennessee State. Uh, it's not against a major conference, but it's, at least it's against another uh, school uh, league game that uh, that that is, is is doing real well for us. So. I'm real happy, and I, I look forward to this basketball season. I think it'll be an exciting year. I look forward to having you on weekly as a basketball consultant because uh, I, I think we're we're going to be proud and uh, being competitive in some of these non-conference games. That's all you can ask. You know, if you get some wins in, coach, that's great. But you you know, you're not seeing thirty and forty point so far losses so that could bow in and I think it makes for a very competitive uh conference season right I, I think it will and, and uh you know the, the guarantee games are a necessity for us and you know even even the women are going out now and you know on the women's side you know they're, they're taking a beating right now because they're playing these guarantee games but uh it's preparing their teams to get ready for the conference play and I just think that during conference play we'll we'll, we'll look a lot better I better. And coach, um, as we switch gears here, but still on the basketball uh, side of it, uh, lost a, a icon last week, and, and Coach Lafayette Stribben, standing basketball coach from Mississippi State, Tugalo, and also known for his sharp attire. Oh, yeah. I'm sure now in the spiritual realm, he's still dressing fine, but uh, talk a little bit about your uh, interaction with Coach Lafayette Stribling. Well, believe it or not, my reaction with uh, interaction with him started before we ever got in the swag. 
I used to see Coach Stribling at the Final Fours, and he was always a person that, you know, he 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 was always amenable to sit and talk with people. And then when we joined the, the SWAC, you know, he tried to take me under his, his wing. He's the one that let me know about the collusion that was going on in the SWAC. Uh, you know, you had you had some of the senior coaches who who were, uh, you know, they would get together and exchange scout reports, and uh, you were going to a game blind. So. He, he's the he's the person that that let me know what was going on uh, between Jackson and and, and Alcorn and and uh, Texas Southern because at the time those were the guys that were the senior coaches in the league and uh, they did it against him too so he just wanted to let me know uh, that's why they were up and up on you when when they, uh, you didn't have a scout report on them they had one on you so mm-hmm. he, and he was always he was fun to be around. Um, and like I said, we we started our relationship before I ever got in the SWAC. And then once in the SWAC, uh, he made sure that I was doing things the right way. He would always talk to you uh, before the games. Now, he used to do one thing that uh, a lot of people, the, the public didn't know about. If Coach Stribblin was winning a game against you, he would do something that that uh, to make that, that, that loss that you're getting ready to receive <laughs> he would make it last a little longer. Coach Stribling was known for calling a timeout, whether he needed one or not, in under a minute or two minutes left in the game. Let's say he's winning by 10 or 12. He's still going to call that timeout. He, want, he, wants, he wants you to remember that loss. And uh, that was <laughs> one of the things that took me a while. Well, it did take me a while because when we first got in the swag, you know, I, I was doing pretty good against him. And then I kept notice. I said, wait a minute, why is he calling a timeout? And he know he's got this game in hand. And then I figured out that was his MO. So I had an opportunity to do it to him a couple of times. And as soon as I called a timeout, I would look down there at him to make sure he knew what I was doing. I was doing the same thing. And once I did that, he stopped doing that. Uh, well, we really don't know because then maybe after that, we didn't lose to it. But he had a, he had a way of doing things. And then when you talk about his dress, man, he would be dressed to the nine. And, okay. and I can remember uh, before I even got in the SWAT, GQ did this article on Coach Joe, and I saw Coach Stribling at the Final Four, first thing out of his mouth. Can you believe, he said, uh, Van, can you believe that GQ think being dressed better than me? And, you know, we just <laughs> made, we, it, it was just funny. And then uh, when uh, College Insider, voted me as uh, best dressed coach in the SWAC one year. That that got that got to him. And he said Uh-oh. something to me. He said, son, you know you don't dress better than me. I said, coach, I didn't have anything to do with it. Then you had a, <laughs> a, a panel that did the voting. And so he was a fun guy to be around. And but on the court, you you better be prepared now because he 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 knew what he was doing. And he's one of the people that you really have to do your homework against. So he'll he'll be missed. And, and then when you look at him coaching at Mississippi Valley, a lot of people would not have been as successful as he was at that institution. He put his heart and soul into it. And, and I think he'll not only would Mississippi Valley miss him, but all of us that are in coaching that had an opportunity to cross his path, we're going to miss Coach Stribling also. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'm visiting with Coach Van Petaway here on the Carlos Brown Show. Um, for those who don't remember him, those who are real younger, but what type of uh, 
product he put on the floor as far as defensively, what was his identity and 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 and, and offensively? What was his well identity? defensively he got after he he liked it. He would mix it up sometimes, but his main thing was playing man to man. He would get up in you. Uh he'd take away, he try to take away your stretch. Uh that's why that that lets you know that he actually put time into it. And then offensively, he's gonna try to exploit your weakness. If you were weak in the post, he brings it inside. If, if if you didn't have the people to guard on the perimeter, it was gonna be a perimeter game. But he he did whatever it took to win a basketball game. And his preparation getting ready for a game lets you know that you got to be prepared for him because he, he, he put the time and work in. Coach, I remember I was looking a couple of days, maybe a week ago, and I can't remember the year, but I, I think most people will remember. Remember the tournament game against Duke? Is oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. One of his, oh, yeah. his top five games that people remember uh, Mississippi Valley and his coaching against uh, uh, Duke in, in that uh, very well played tough ball game in the tournament. Yep, yep. He he had that team prepared to play. He shocked a lot of people, and you know he got some bad. They got some bad calls late in that game, but you knew why because at that time, at that point, the uh, 16 seed had never beaten the number one seed. So see, he 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 gets his team. He gets the best out of his players. He's always done that. And I was a prime example of it. Uh, Lafayette Stribling, um, Hall of Famer, iconic oh, yeah. coach, um, great dresser. And, and But what I appreciate what you're saying was how he kind of took you under the wing. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that that's important because uh, a, a lot of the uh, African-American coaches now they're, they're getting somewhat, and I say somewhat some shots at, at uh, bigger institutions, but they're still needed at our HBCUs. And, and we've, we've had some great coaches o- o- over a time period. Oh yeah. Yeah. There've been some great coaches in the SWAC. Uh, you know, I put our league up against any, any league, you know, we just don't have the resources as some of the power five people, but when it comes to coaches and, and them knowing the game and them strategizing and doing stuff on the court, there, there's not a conference that can that can beat us. You, you've had some great coaches over the years, and you got great coaches in the swag now. Yeah, um, you know, speaking of Johnny Jones, uh, Coach Smith at Prairie View, and um, before we start this interview, you know, you kind of keep me calm because some of uh, the Southern Knights. They still have a question mark about Coach uh, Sean Woods, but um, you know you're right. There are some 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 quality coaches in the league. Well, the Southern fans need to need to have some patience. I mean, Sean is doing an outstanding job. You you, you look at what what's what's happening now. They're up 52. Uh, was it's it's, it's a, cl- a close game now with with 11 21 left. It's 52 to 50 down at Tulane, and they're on the road. They're playing at 11 o'clock, so you got to get your kids. They're not accustomed to playing at 11 o'clock, so it's a little bit different. I, I just think they need to be patient, man. Uh, and with the pandemic ha- coming through last year, I think that affected a lot of teams. Well, you know, Coach, and, and I guess I'm guilty of this as well. I, I'm a Southern Knight. Patience is something <laughs> – we have to work on because, you know, there's always high expectations and um, 
I think this season will be a better indication of where the basketball program is. is that fair to say that, or, or am I way out? Um, no, no, I think I'm, it's fair. Yeah. I, I think it's fair, and I, and I think uh, Sean is a is a is a person that puts us all into coaching, and I think you all will see the, the fruit of his labor this year. I I, I think he knows that uh, he wants to put a better product on the floor, and I think it'll happen this year. Well, we'll have a lot of chances to talk about it and see where each uh, team is at a certain point. You know, Coach, the preseason predictions, I, I, I guess that's for the media and for the fans. I know uh, coaches, they don't really put a lot of stock into that. They're just trying to improve their team, have them ready to play. And then at the end of the season, we can look back and see how far the media and the prognosticators, were they off? Were they on spot? Were they on target? Coaches, they're just concerned with, X's and O's and putting their student athletes in a position to graduate. Right. And that and, and, and see that that that's the big thing. Some some of the times we can use those polls as motivation for our for our teams. You know, when when the uh when the media picture team finished lower than what you your expectations are, then you can use that to help motivate your players. And uh bottom line is you can't win a game before the season starts. You can't win a championship before the season starts. You got to go out and play the game. So uh, how they predict everything before the season, that does not matter to most coaches. We go out and play. We we, we put the work in. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a chip on our shoulder because we'll say, I know I will say, yeah, okay, I'll show you. But yeah. but most of, the, most of the time, you know, we, we were – when we first got in the swag, we were always in the top four. Then we started being in middle middle ways of swag. They they've never picked us at the bottom. So uh, I was most of the time I was pleased with where we were picked. That just gave us something to work for. If you pick us at the bottom and we finish toward the top, that means that your predictions were not right. And uh, I was able to use that to help motivate my players. Speaking of that, coach, and maybe that's the assignment for next week. Use your connections. I'm so intrigued by Bethune-Cookman's women basketball program. Boy, you talk about motivation. I mean, based on what I've seen, no way they finish in that spot. I predict oh, they no. finish much higher. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. When I first saw it, I said, wait a minute. Maybe they don't know that much about this program. I said, they've had a pretty good program uh, over the years. But I think some of the people may have done that because I think they've had a uh, – well, we all know that they changed the AD, and then they may have had a coaching change. So, but but you know, if you got the same personnel there, there's a good chance that those those kids will rally around that new coach, and 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 they'll win. But we'll do some research on it, and, and we'll be ready to talk more about uh, Bethune Cookman. Coming up, basketball has season collegiate has kicked off, and uh, we'll have Coach Petterway on weekly to to give us a. Uh, his perspective on the collegiate basketball in the conference. And we'll also throw in a, a little NBA coach. I'm going to make you laugh. Um, you remember we said it was so early in the NBA season. My Miami Heat made up the number two in the, and, and, you know, for us, the strongest teams in the conference. Now they're on a three game losing streak, all on the road, close to losses, except one, Utah. And they got, um, no, Denver. And they got Utah tonight. So, uh, I'm going to have to fly down to Miami and just make sure everything's all right. 
Yeah, but you know, injuries played a part in that also now. Injuries played a part in that also. So it, it's still too early in the NBA season to panic. Uh, I, I think Miami has a good team, and I think when healthy, they'll be in the mix at the end. I'll take that, Coach. You're absolutely right. It's still so early in the season. Coach, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Appreciate the time as always. All right. Well, thank you, Carlos, and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. Appreciate it. Stay safe and stay blessed as always. I uh, want to thank Brian Fulford for producing today's show. Our guest menu, Charles Bishop, Coach Robert Valdez, Alvin Hollins, Charles Edmund, and Coach Van Petaway here on the Coles Brown Show. Remember, you can tune in every Saturday morning from uh, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's Central Standard Time, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next Saturday at those mentioned times, as always, Peace and God bless. the black college sports network on social media at my bcsn1 the number one on facebook instagram and twitter at my bcsn1